As Alan mentioned last couple weeks, um, I will be teaching tonight. Next week, Alan will be doing his last lesson, and then I'll be doing my parts three and four, and then Eddie will be starting another series about how to talk to individuals. All right? So, as we, um, what I'll do since it's like the beginning of August when I did part one, <laughs> I'll do a refresher here uh, to cover a little bit what we talked about. He actually, he actually started the class off with a video about um, uh, people getting into heaven or hell, and so you weigh on the, 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 the good, you know, good enough and not good enough kind of stuff. And so people would come with their notebooks of all the different stuff they did in their life, and they just get on the scales and like, nope, nope. So they go to the other place. And the next person, you know, she comes in and says, well, I, I have a whole bunch of good stuff. And, you know, I know I have a whole bunch, but sh shouldn't they balance each other out? <laughs> right? And then another guy comes in with a whole lot of good stuff. And the guy opens it like, well, what, what was your subscription to? <laughs> and uh, then the last one came in with a huge binder. And got ready to stand on the scale, and, and of course Jesus is on the side. He says, "No, he, he's with me." And so the the guy who's saying, "Okay, get on the scale," and the guy's getting ready to get on the scale, he says, "No, not you, Jesus. Jesus got on the scale, and going good enough." <laughs> so we'll be talking a little bit about that tonight, actually. Yeah. Okay. So the theme title of the group. Uh, the meeting class is to keep in step with the spirit and this is the reference that we'll be covering the three main focuses hi Danny uh, that we'll be doing is um, keeping in step with the spirit we will learn about the spirit soul and body and how each part affects the other and then we will learn how to get our spirit connected to God's spirit so um, these are lessons that I learned some people use a book to base a class on I I saw YouTube videos and so I thought hmm, that good good material now whether or not they're right or wrong I don't know we'll have to judge that but I'm going to share what I learned on those and uh, we'll see where we go from there in uh, keeping in step with the spirit I talked about what reminds me is uh, marching in the military so the leader would call out cadence and as long as he's calling out cadence we can all hear that and we can all step together in, in marching and our, our foot our heels hit the ground all at the same time after a while he would let us go without him calling cadence and our minds would get distracted about thinking about other things and then pretty soon we be going all over the place and we wouldn't be in step with the leader and that's the same way with God if we don't stay focused on the, the word, on what God wants us to do, it's likely that we can just start thinking about physical things and not spiritual things, and we get all out of step. Um, our verse will be in Galatians, well, like I said, Galatians 5.25 talks about, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. But... Um, now let's keep that in context, starting with verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. 
they are in conflict with you, with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want but you are led by the spirit but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law and then he, he contrasts the acts of the flesh with the fruit of the spirit so in starting in verse 19 the acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality impurity debauchery idolatry witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions and envy drunkenness orgies and the like i warn you as i did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of god then he says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience or forbearance kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law those who belong to christ have been crucified have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So don't um, follow the acts of the flesh, but instead live by the Spirit. Uh, and then our next verse will be in Romans chapter 6. Um, we won't read those again, but... Um, it talks about we are dead to sin. The body is ruled by sin, was once done away, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because we are free from sin. So Romans 6 and Romans 8 are really excellent books. In fact, chapter 8, Romans starts off with no condemnation, condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We talked about the, the, the woman caught in adultery and Jesus said to her, you know, where, where are you, your accusers? And he then replied, how, how did he reply? What? I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. So he used that no condemnation word right there. Okay, so live according to flesh. Uh, so those living according to flesh have uh, desire, flesh desires, but those governed by the Spirit, or those who live by in accordance with the Spirit, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. This is all in Romans chapter 8 uh, that we went over, and I won't go over completely. But I talked about um, you know, let, being governed by the Spirit, and, and uh, the analogy that I used was a lawnmower governor, governor thing that um, is a mechanical thing that is designed to help the lawnmower not just go so fast it just blows up. It's, it governs back and keeps it at optimal performance. And that's the way the spirit is. It helps us stay in control and with the fruit of the spirit, for example. Self-control is one of those. <laughs> and it also um, helps us perform at optimal performance for, for God's glory. So be governed by the Spirit. Uh, let's see. The mind going wild because it is governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. This is the same as living in the realm of the Spirit. You cannot submit to God's law when you are governed by the flesh. You, however, are in the realm of the Spirit if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If you do not have the Spirit, you do not belong to Christ. 
we have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, so we have life to our mortal bodies. So if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Alright, uh, the two, uh, getting into the spirit, soul, and body topics now, the two main uh, verses are these up here. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 13, or 23 says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And notice that he's talking about the whole spirit, um, be kept blameless. And then Hebrews 12, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. And then kind of uses an analogy there of joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And if you remember, I had a bone and in that bone, you can see the marrow and the outside was where the bone was. But it was real hard to distinguish looking at it because we just say bone. <laughs> but this, the word says it can distinguish the soul and the spirit. Just like you, um, you can, actually, there is a difference between marrow and the bone. So we talked about um, the spirit, soul, and body. And we talked about in our first lesson, which was, this is the title of the YouTube where I got that. Zero one, body, soul, and spirit. And yeah. And we also talked about with the body, you in order to keep healthy with the body, you have to eat and drink, you have to exercise, you have to breathe or communicate, and you have to bathe. And then we talked about what in the spiritual realm is similar to that to keep us spiritual healthy. And so with eating and drinking, do you remember what that in the spiritual word realm would be? How do you stay healthy? Study the word, yes, the word. Very good. And then, There's also the reference that Jesus made, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood. Yep, that's what so I was thinking too. Mm-hmm. Exercise, what in the spiritual realm is exercising, and I won't write these down since it's not very much room, <laughs> but exercising um, in the spiritual realm, that would be doing. doing, putting the word into practice, taking action and doing things. And then breathing or communicating in the spiritual realm, how would do we communicate with prayer? Very good. And the last one, bathing or cleansing. Um, how do we in the spiritual realm cleanse, get cleansed? Baptism, yes, but what has to come before that? Repentance. There you go. Okay. So those are the things that we covered in our first class. And now we're going to go on to... The next uh, video, this is my spirit, this is the mine.
Notice that a brain is not the mind. The brain is going to turn to dust. But the mind, the will, the motions, and conscience are part of the soul. Okay? And then the body is just the body. It's just the, the five senses, and it's going to turn to dust, and it's, it's just a, a tent, really, that we're all in. Okay, so, oh, also in that last class, or in the first class, we talked about the three triangles. And in here was, in the first nine months, where the, the baby is in the mother's womb, as the baby, or as the mother lives, so does the baby. So, make sure I read this right. Um, the two are connected. So if there's a healthy connection between the mother and the baby, she's eating right and that kind of stuff, then more than likely you'll have a healthy baby. If she's into drugs and alcohol, more than likely you can have a crack baby if the baby lives in the first place, right? And so there could be a separation even where the baby doesn't actually get born into the body. And then when you turn into the body, your body and your soul are there together. That's a second triangle. And, and so it could be from the time you're born till you know, 90 plus years, when, however long you live. And let's see. So if you, if you have a healthy body, and the spirit, you have a healthy life with good values. If you don't have a healthy body, you have bad character, you're sick, those kind of things because you're not taking care of your body, right? But eventually, your body, the tent, goes back to the dust, and then you have um, the spirit. In the third triangle, the spirit goes to eternity, and it, it could be eternity with God, or it could be eternity without God, right? So again, the quality of life in the second triangle depends on the healthy relationship of the first triangle. And the quality of life in the third triangle depends on the healthy relationship of the second triangle. Your spirit life affects your relationship with God. And that's why it's so important that even though we're in a tent, we are the temple of, of God, and we need to use that tent well to be healthy and have our spirit and our soul healthy to be able to do wonderful things for God and not to mention our physical health is better because we take care of ourselves. And if you have a nice healthy relationship with God in your spirit, using your mind to make good decisions, then um, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, of course, then the spirit life afterwards in the third triangle, you, it goes into eternity. And like I said, it's either one or the other, right? Any questions on what we covered in the past? Did you make a statement that if a baby dies, it could go to hell? No, I did not make that statement. And it seemed like it came across it. What happens if the baby could either go this way or, or if it dies in nine months? Could go this way or go that way? Uh, well, I... You misunderstood me then, because it's basically you're either born or you're not. So if, the, if there's a miscarriage because the mother didn't take care of her, herself, the baby died because the mother, the relationship between the mother and the baby wasn't good, the baby died. 
the relationship between the body and the spirit, if it's not good, it could also be separated and not go with God. Anything else? Yes? I think you do have to be careful about it. I think I understand what you're saying, but because a woman has a miscarriage doesn't mean that she didn't take No, no, yes. No, I'm not, not, not saying that at all, no. Um, so, but in general speaking, um, when the mother doesn't take care of herself, it's highly likely that the baby's not going to be healthy either, if that makes sense. So, okay, so now... Um, I didn't write it up here, but it's another video, a short one about kingdom government, spirit, soul, and body. Talked about man has uh, the spirit, soul, and body. In our spirit, we are born again when the Holy Spirit is in us. The soul is not born again. It is not always holy. We need to renew our, renew our soul. The soul has the mind which controls our thoughts. The will controls decisions and emotions control our feelings. It is only through God that we can uh, be acceptable, perfect, and good. Okay, so I'm seeing some, wait a minute. So his point was, our spirit can be holy, but our soul is not always perfect. It's not always holy. It's making bad decisions, for one thing, uh, and is living off emotions and, and things like that. It might become more clear as I as I go on. Could David, be an of that? David? Mm-hmm. expound on that. He, God said it was after his own heart. Uh huh. And yet, look at all that David did. Right. So his his mind was, especially with Uriah, uh, mm-hmm. was totally in conflict with the Spirit, which was in line with God. Right. Okay. So we need to walk in the Spirit so our thoughts, decisions, and actions are guided by the Holy Spirit. We need to set our affections on Jesus through worship, prayer, praise, and meditation on the Word of God. And we need to be under subjection to Jesus to be aligned to the will of God, not to the will of the flesh. Our body needs to be retrained to control our actions. And, of course, James talks about this with the tongue. You can't change the tongue or the ship, or the ship, that kind of stuff. Uh, so what I'm trying to, what I'm seeing in those videos was there, there is a difference between the spirit, soul, and body, and we will cover some of those. Um, but before we go into that... Uh, this this last one here, now we're going to go into Andrew Womack, W-O-M-A-C, Spirit, Soul, and Body. And somebody actually did an animation that of what he talked about. And it's I would encourage you to, to watch that video because it's, it becomes more clear watching the video. But I'll try to summarize it and explain um, what he was talking about. But in his life, in Andrew Womack's life, he said that, um, he tells the story that when he was about eight years old, um, he um, became born again. He was in the Baptist church. Uh, now I think he's Pentecostal, but at that time he was in the Baptist church. And then he said when he made the video, or 
when it happened to him. He said he was 59 years old and he never drunk liquor or coffee or smoked and he read the Bible every single day, prayed all the time. In fact, he, uh, he talked about one time when he was younger, his parents came home from a long trip and they kind of put him to bed. And then he woke up, he's like, I didn't do my Bible reading yet today. So he woke up, did his Bible reading today. And later, he, he said that um, he had to go into the army and he was sent to Vietnam as a chaplain's assistant. But the chaplain was only there for three months and then he was by himself. So he just read the Bible all day long. And that's when he realized that all of his good stuff that he was so proud of himself for doing all of his life was, as Psalms says, I think it is, filthy rags. No good in God's eyes. So what he was doing was he was just glorifying himself. Filthy rags. All his good stuff was worthless. He also assumed um, that religion led him to believe that God loved him proportionately to how good he acted, what he did in his life, his performance. And so that's why he felt he had to do all these things because if I'm good enough, stepping on that scale of good enough, <laughs> then I'll make it into heaven. But as we saw in the video, only Jesus is good enough to stand on that scale and save you. No matter how good you are, you're still a long ways from where you need to be. Uh, let's see. And this is where his life had changed. He said God revealed that all of, all of his stuff was like filthy rags. And then he, he wanted to realize that. Then he confessed all of his sins to God. I mean, he said he went all the way down, listed everything spent a long time listening to all the stuff that he did wrong, confessed to God. And then he had a spiritual high. It was wonderful. He was just so in love with God and everything was going great. And he was just all excited and emotional about it for about four and a half months. And then it stopped. Because all he was basing that was on emotions it wasn't based upon the spirit and so he then when he was in Vietnam with, with all that studying learned about faith and how important studying God's word and then living through faith and being transformed into the image of Jesus was far more important than trying to impress God with all the good works that he was doing um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And he realized that not all things have passed away. It is in the spirit that you have become a new person. Not in your body or in your soul. Um, next verse he talked about was James 1.22-25 Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And that was the second one about action. Exercise and action. 
Anyone who listens to the word does not do what it says is like someone who looks in the face in the mirror and after looking at himself, this is my mirror over here. He's looking at his mirror. And this is animated, by the way. <laughs> well, on his video, it's animated. After looking at himself and goes away, immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Um, and then James talks about us looking in the mirror too. And his point was, you have never seen your face. You looked in the mirror and you've seen a reflection of your face, but you've never seen your face. <laughs> or a picture of you or something like that, but you've never seen your face. And so you trust what you see in the mirror is true. Unless, of course, you have one of those clown mirrors that <laughs> makes you all warped and everything else. But if it's a true mirror, it gives a good reflection of you, you, you know, okay, I need to change my hair and whatever else. Um, and you act upon what you see in the mirror to change yourself to be better, be more transformed. And then he went on to talk about the Word of God reflects how your spirit contra uh, compares to the will of God. So in the Word... When you look at the word and you say, okay, do I have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all that kind of stuff and everything else in the Bible of how we're supposed to live, how am I doing with that? And again, it's reflection. The word is like a reflection in your life and say, do I, am I reflective of what's there? And one person uh pointed the fact that your soul is like a mirror itself um, in a different way. Only what it's doing is, well, I'll get to that later. <laughs> That's in a different lesson. Um, but the point is, in the same way you look at your mirror and you change if from what you see, when you look in the Word, change, what you, change how you are based upon what you're seeing in the Word. Don't just say, oh, that's interesting. Hmm, okay. Do what it says. His point was, if someone hits you, your body hurts. If somebody says bad things about you, sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but the words may never hurt me. I don't think so. Your soul can also get hurt. But the point he was also making is, your spirit does not have a feeling. You can't feel that your spirit is there. You can feel your soul being hurt, your body being hurt, but you can't feel your spirit. And that's important because, as I said, he was on an emotional high. But once that high went away, then he was empty. It's only when the spirit connected to God and connected with, with what God's saying to him and how he should live, that's when it made a whole lot of difference to him. Not all the wonderful things that he did in his life, but how he really compared to God in God's word. In 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 17, we saw earlier, you are a new creation, but only your spirit changed. 
If you are fat, when you became a Christian, you're still fat after you became a Christian. <laughs> if you didn't know math before you became a Christian, you still don't need math, no math before you became a Christian. So the spirit changed, but these are still the same. It's only when we listen to our spirit through God's spirit talking to us through the word that we change our lives and become more transformed into the image of Jesus. The others don't. They stay the same. Questions? I don't know if I totally buy that. Okay. Um, because as I grow in my relationship with God, I, I, I change my mind okay. based on the things that I learn as I study the Word and grow in my relationship okay. with Him. I can learn to become more joyful, which is an emotion. Mm -hmm. uh, I can learn to have more self-control, which is my will. So I, I don't... I don't know if it's fair to say that those things don't change. In the same way, your body does something different after you say, oh, I should do good things, and your body does. But the fact in salvation, your spirit is saved, your body isn't saved. It's going. It's just a tent. Um, and I'm not sure about this. Some say the soul is also saved. Actually, no. I learned in the bio, in a, a video I saw too that the soul is also saved. There's, it's in the Bible um, that that's true, but I can't remember what those verses are. I just learned that. Didn't write, write it down. Uh, but his point is, if you didn't feel when you came up out of that water grave of baptism, if you didn't feel, wow, I'm saved, you could get discouraged. It's like, well, I don't feel any different. Because your spirit doesn't feel. It was transformed. It was born again. But if you don't feel it, you could get very discouraged. Like, well, man, what's going on here? Now, it's possible you did got, get emotionally excited about it. But what if you didn't? What if you just came out of the water and said, oh, I'm saved. Okay. His point was you could just get discouraged. Um, when you become a Christian, your spirit gets elevated. You were recreated to righteousness, holiness, purity. So what does that look like? It doesn't look like any of these. It's all in the spirit realm. Your old spirit dies and God replaces in you the spirit of his son. That's why in Galatians 4, 6, we can say, in fact, in Galatians 4, 6, it says, because you are sons of his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. Um, now, in similar to what you were saying, the other point that he was trying to make is that the soul controls a valve, like a big water valve. And when God communicates with our spirit, and then our spirit through the word, um, well, with what it learns in the, from the word, is um, trying to get our soul to change our mind, change our will, our emotions, and our conscience based upon the word. 
And based upon what God's saying, he says, you need to love more. You need to be more patient and all that kind of stuff. Then the soul, if the valve is open, and I could drive a valve here, but just pretend like there's a valve because <laughs> I'm a horrible drawer. The soul then flows that through to the body. And the body's going to take action just like it, we did over here about the, the healthy body and the healthy soul. When you do those things, it's going to take action. It's, oh, I probably need to pray more. Oh, I need to open my eyes and see someone who is in need. Oh, I need to be kind and do wonderful things for other people. And so as your spirit is going through that valve, through the mind, which controls all this based upon these things, then the body's going to take action. But if the soul says, yeah, well, that's interesting to learn about, but uh, it's Sunday morning, and I really don't feel like getting up, going to church today. So I don't. The mind says, I'm tired. I'm not going to get up on Sunday morning. The body, just the tent, says, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm not either. Um, and so, but on the other hand, if the soul is saying, with the valve open, I'm going to try to be in the image of Jesus, then your body is going to receive that and put into action what your mind is determining to do, what your will is determining to, to do, uh, you get excited about it, and your conscience is geared towards what God is saying, not from what Satan is saying, from the influences of the world. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, so that verse there is talking about being transformed and, and renewing our mind and changing ourselves to reflect what the word is telling us to do. Now, you can eat food. It might even go down your throat. But unless you digest that food, it's just sitting there, right? You can eat the food, the word, but unless you digest that, unless you understand it, unless you dwell on that and put that into practice, it doesn't do any good. You can quote the entire Bible, but it doesn't do you any good unless the Spirit is involved. And then in verse uh, 3 of Romans 12, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, I'm sorry, that's Romans 6. Let's transition to Romans 6, 3 and 6. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death, we were therefore, and we all know this, we are buried with Christ in baptism, died to sin, 
we were raised again to new life, right? And that's the, the new life is what God gives us when we become a Christian. When we listen to the word, we act upon it, we repent, right? We pray, those kind of things, to stay healthy physically. That's when we are in Christ. For we have been united with him in death, like his. We will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection, like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away. Right? So, um, in our lives, when we um, listen to sin influences and the cares of the world start to take over and we start to get out of step with the spirit because we're focusing on on other things physical things and sinful things instead of what god wants us to think about then we're getting out of step but when when our bodies were dead and united with christ then um let's see we were united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. And so that's the, that is the, I, it's not the main, main, but it's one of the main things, right? Because if we don't die to self and put the old self <laughs> to death and have Christ's spirit replacing that self with Christ living us in us, the spirit living in us. And like Eddie said in the newcomers orientation class, he started 101, he said the spirit helps us to be more like Jesus. We can't be that way without the spirit living in us. It's the spirit that helps us to be love, joy, patience, and living the kind of life that we're supposed to live. If we try to do that on our own, there's some good things you can try to do. and There's some good people without the Spirit doing wonderful things. But the Spirit, as he put it, empowers us to do much more than just trying to do it ourselves on our own account. And so, and, and besides that, as uh, Andrew, Andrew was saying, I did all these wonderful things. I didn't, you know, smoke and drink and all that kind of stuff. But it was his own glory that he was seeking, not God's glory. So by us putting ourself away and dying to ourself, we are no longer looking for glory for ourselves. And, hey, look at me. It's reflecting. In fact, I remember when I first got here 20 years ago, um, the, the um, mission statement at the time was, we, re we reflect God. Uh, let's see. We. How did it go? We reflect God's love. It is. Um, well, let's see. We glorify God by reflecting his love. I think it's something like that. It's, that sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> um it was at the top of the stairs of the youth group. The whole statement was up there. But it was in the bulletin, too. And I 
I used to know it very well. I think that's what it was. We honor God by reflecting this love. That's what it is. <laughs> I knew it would come back. Which is my statement, my mission statement, too, is I'm trying to reflect God's love. I don't want you to see me tonight. I want you to see God. And I want you to see what God can do through you through having the Spirit live in your life and being transformed because we have all died to sin. We have all um, been raised to that brand new life. And that's, that's awesome. And so um, next week we will get into more from a different video. Um, what, what questions? I, I saw a lot of hmm, thoughts in your head. As I go on, maybe it'll become more clear, but what questions and comments did you have so far that I've been talking about? Doesn't Alan have next week? Alan, I'm sorry, Alan has next week. <laughs> Good point. So the next time. Anything else? Any questions? Okay. Um, there was another one that I saw. The next time we'll be learning about how the spirit, soul, and body are similar to the temple with the outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place. Um, what this next guy said was he drew a diagram, diagram of um, looking from the top like a snowman. He's looking down from a helicopter view. And this is the body. And then the soul. And the spirit. Then what he did is he drew a triangle of the Godhead, basically, where he has uh, the Father, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in here, communing with your spirit. And he said that the Sin is uh, the influencer. And then he drew like kind of a dotted line up to the soul where the sin is trying to influence the soul to get the body to do sinful things, basically. But when you're influenced by the three, by God, then your body is going to want to do what is right. And as a result, coming out of here through the body is good works. So, and the here, here's where um, the, the mirror I was talking about earlier, he said, if the soul is like a mirror, and it could either take the influence, influencer of sin, 
coming into his life and reflecting back out sinful stuff that everybody could see. Or he could take the mirror and take what the what God is is giving him and reflect that to others around, which not only takes the focus off of him, but also gives God the glory. And as a result of taking in what God wants to do and reflecting that back out, good works comes out of it. We are created to do good works in Christ Jesus. Does that make sense? So then if you think about um, when, when Jesus said, um, whatever you put into your body is then going to determine what comes out of, of your body. Okay. Right? okay. So um, then are you, are you basically saying that that inner circle is kind of like a, a rheostat of the, the more that I, the, the more that I allow the spirit to fill me, the more that reflects um, the, the good works and uh, my, uh, the more I am reflecting God or, or the more that I fill myself with sinful things, the more I'm going to reflect that. Is that a, a good analogy to what you're saying? I think that's what he's saying, yeah. So the more you're transformed into the image of God, the more you're going to look like God. The more His Spirit is living in you and giving you the power to do all those things, the more you're going to have love, joy, peace, patience, and all the other stuff that's in the Bible that says what you're supposed to be doing, submitting to one another and love and all that kind of stuff. But if you're... In the, going back to that valve again and you shut this stuff off all you have is the influences of sin coming into your life then that's what's going to come back out <laughs> from your life your, your soul is going to say yeah, well, okay I think I'll skip church today and okay I think I'll go out and do whatever the, the, the list that we read in the first place you know debauchery and uh, and jealousy and pits of rage and anger and all that kind of stuff so that's what's going to come out but he says you don't have that anymore because you're in christ you don't have that anymore any more questions okay so two weeks from the night we'll go into part three and i'll do uh, another video or two similar to this but different and the third part four is going to be covering the six temptations uh, of sin or the six stages of temptation, right? So we'll get more into that. So thank you for coming. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.